Welcome back to Feeling to Succeed with me, Louise Stevenson, and we're on episode three. So this episode is all about change. Sometimes we find ourselves in a job because it was convenient at the time, and then a few years later, we're wondering, is this really what I want to do? Or we enjoyed it at first, but then a few years in, we're thinking, hmm, I'm not really enjoying this anymore because we change. But then maybe we're stuck because we don't know what we want to do or even how to move into something different. Well, Rachel from Limitless Shoe has managed to not only change jobs and careers, but entire industries, not once or twice, but three times. And sometimes we can feel like we've failed if we don't stay in the job we originally set out to do. But actually, Rachel's journey has been a total success. Now turning a five-figure profit in under a year with her new business, I caught up with her on how she's made it work for her. Talent agent turned, working for a private art collector turned, PT turned, yoga instructor, entrepreneur. (laughs) So (laughs) many strings to your bow. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, why don't we just go back to the beginning and you can... Tell me how you started in the talent agency, because that sounds super interesting. Yeah, you know, a lot of it was really right time and place. When I was about 15, I started working at a performing arts centre. And the owner of that performing arts centre, when I turned 18, said, you know, do you want to come and do a few bits of my talent agency? And so I started finding hopping between the both and working at both while I worked through university. And then at the end of university, she offered me a job full time with the talent agency. So I joined that talent agency and worked in the children's department right and after a little while just decided that working you know I'd worked with kids for a long time mm-hmm. and I this is my early 20s decided I really wanted to work with adults and there wasn't really space for me to do that at that company so I moved to a different talent agency but similarly after it was about two and a half three years there just wasn't room for growth right so I joined another talent agency working with some absolutely incredible Oscar-winning actors. Wow. Did you work with any um, child stars that we might have heard of? I did. I did. I won't won't name them, but I did. And they're now doing really, really well. And a couple of the people I worked with are nominated for Oscars this year. Wow. You know, and last year as well, there are names that are in my heart that that pop up every year. Oh, amazing. After a while at that company, it just sunk in that it wasn't the lifestyle for me. It's very... 24 7 being an agent mm-hmm. and you're kind of working on London time and LA time and imagine it's quite like a personal connection that you have to build with these people as well right because they are relying on you for their career and for good things to come in and if all the good work isn't coming in then they probably think you're not doing your job absolutely uh, that's exactly it and that can be the case I was lucky in that I worked with some really incredible uh, actors but also really incredible agents so I learned loads about the job in a very like deep water, hot fire kind of way. I learned a lot as an agent, but also just general negotiation skills, general people management, you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And it's an interesting time because you do learn, you know, when you're an agent and you're working with actors, you're kind of their everything. You are their wife, you are their partner, you are their business coach, you're their psychologist, you're yeah, their therapist, I was going to say. 
and you find yourself sometimes being the mother you know you have to sometimes tell off your clients and be like oh you're like oh well done darling that was amazing and you that's develop- so interesting because that that's kind of outside of the remit of a professional office job right because we're kind of taught like be professional put on a front put on a face to the client whereas here you are speaking to the clients in ways that you wouldn't normally so do you feel like that helped or hindered jobs that you had after that because that seems like quite a niche relationship to foster there that's a good question I think it helped in everything because as an agent you do so much you negotiate like a lawyer you encourage like a parent and you help like a partner right and what that does is that then when you move on to other jobs you bring that skill set with you it's a hugely pressured and stressful job and it can be exhausting there are huge perks to it and there's a lot about it that I loved and sometimes miss but really it's a it's a kind of nostalgic part of my of my past that I feel happy that I did but happy that I'm no longer in but I think that what it did is that when I started working in this private art collection different industry but the same skill set the same things apply you're still negotiating you are still dealing with talented people creativity and and arts and film it's someone's creation right and you learn to respect those crafts even if you don't necessarily think it's the best film or the best painting right so how did that opportunity come up then because as you say that is a completely different industry and I think a lot of people think oh I need to choose my industry carefully because that's it once a minute a minute but you have clearly proved that you can jump from industry to industry and be successful you've done it what four times here so how did that opportunity come up for you I think one of the things that's really important to remember is that you are never locked down in anything and when I decided that being an agent wasn't for me I contacted about 10 people who I know and some of them I know well some of them I don't know that well and said listen I'm in the market for something different I want to try something completely new I don't want it to be related to film and tv at all I just want something totally different and a couple of them came back to me with contacts of theirs who were looking for things and I actually chose this and the collector that I'm working with opened the most beautiful building in London and was looking for someone to come on board and help him with that and so I came onto it just being like I'm excited to try something new and really through my contacts and and I kind of want to say contacts loosely there because I don't think they need to be your best friend I've developed those connections myself I've gotten to know people I put myself out there and it's really about even if they inside you'll be like oh my god I really don't want to send this email and ask this person for a favor if you don't do it you won't get so you have to just be like cool this could be the doorway to my next opportunity and the worst the person can do and a couple of people turned around and were like great to hear that you're moving around but I have nothing for you that's okay they're not saying you're terrible and I'm not going to put you in touch with anyone I know they're just going to haven't heard of anything yeah and actually then even then six months down the line some of those people got in touch and were like are you still looking yeah you have to put it out there that you're moving you have to put it out there that you have these skills and that you're ready for something new yeah get in front of people and just be at the front of their mind as well so that when something comes up they can think of you and pass you on Yeah. yeah good advice really good advice so you're working for the private art collection at this point so tell us a little bit about that what what were you doing what was your job well it's interesting I came on and the building was in its infancy at that point and the collector had got this building to show the collection you know so many collectors buy art and store it forever and nobody sees it again and so when I came on it was very much about getting it ready getting all these systems set up and helping him run the space and the collection right 
But I guess you had the, the basic skills, like really strong basic skills from your previous job that you could utilize for the next job. Is it soft skills? I think they call them. Soft skills, sure. Uh, fundamental skills is really what we should be calling them. Yeah, but I think that's true. It is, it is, and it is fundamental. And but also the thing about never fearing to say that you don't know how to do something. I'm a good bluffer, right? With with some things, I'll just kind of muscle my way through it and and work out as I go along. But if there are certain skills that come up, even now, that someone's like, "How do I do this?" I'm the first person to be like, "I don't know." Yeah. You tell me, let's work it out together, but I'll never be like, oh yeah, I'm an expert. Yeah. Oh boy, now you have a spotlight on you and it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Someone's going to discover that you are not an expert. So I love learning. I've always loved learning new skills and learning about new things. So for me in this job, there are moments I'd be like, oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And just to be embarrassed, I guess, to put your hand up when you don't know. But what you do know and what you do have confidence in is you can get something from A to B. Or if someone tells you this is what I need, you can problem solve and find a solution to get it done because you know those are the skills that you do actually have so you've been a talent agent for all these a-list celebs you've changed careers and now what made you think okay this isn't really for me or this isn't working I want to change again because after that you then retrain as a professional trainer and yoga instructor yeah you know what and so often I think you hear this happening that there are dark times and and those dark times make you realize what's important to you. Mm. And for me, it was a kind of selection of things. In 2019, the dog that I absolutely adored died. Mm. Well, oh, no. She I'm got so cancer. And it that. was just in the grand scheme of things. And with COVID now, obviously, there are much worse things. And I know that. But this dog was like half of my heart. Uh, she was absolutely amazing. And that, and with a couple of other things, I got quite a lot of bad news that year. Mm. And that, alongside the fact that all through agenting, all through every bit of career that I've had, university, everything, I found that if I worked out, if I did yoga, everything else felt a little bit easier. Mm. It would allow me to breathe in times where there was no air. Mm. And so when Ruby, my dog, was dying, if I hadn't had those elements, the, the physical elements, I think I would have gone under. Yeah, just but to help you get through. Yeah, it just, you know, in those mornings you wake up, you work out, you enjoy the day with a dog that you know you've only got, you know, four to six weeks left. Of. Oh, this is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you know what? and I'm just about holding it together it's it's I don't cry a lot but when I talk about Ruby even if it's like a, a happy thing mm. I can you, know, you feel like like that tingling heat everywhere yeah yeah, yeah yeah oh no it's why I pretty much don't wear mascara anymore I hardly ever wear makeup <laughs> anymore because of Ruby that dog she's amazing but oh I think man just, I wish I'd met Ruby this uh, she sounds amazing it was a very pivotal year for me where I just realized how much I relied on fitness and mobility to keep me up and then I just realized that actually hold on it helps with everything else too and I thought when Ruby did die I just needed a project yeah I needed something to latch on to so I was like I'm just gonna train as a personal trainer no pressure I'll just do it I'll never take on clients I'll just yeah absolutely loved the training yeah 
yeah. and realized I'm actually quite good at training, you know, other other people. And then I was like, well, doing a yoga teacher training had always been a dream of mine. Okay. But I thought I'm not good at yoga. You know, all these things that you get in your head, right? That little imposter is like, you're never going to be able to do it. Mm. You can't touch your toes from, you know, backwards. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Or I can't like go from standing back to a wheel. So I'm therefore a bad yoga teacher. And I just had this moment when Ruby was dying being like, oh, sod that. You never know what's coming. Yeah. And the other thing that I think death gives you is perspective. It does. Loss gives you perspective. And also for me, it gave me the space to realize that I needed to make some changes. Mm. I need to be braver. And then I read this quote that I absolutely loved, but it was, she wasn't ready, but she was brave. And the universe responds to brave. Wow. And so I booked my yoga teacher training that day and was like, you know what? Just go for it. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? A very jolly four weeks in India. Went for about six weeks, studied for most of that. Mm. Absolutely loved it. And in while I was there, I was like, I want to come back and teach people yoga. Mm. Like, I loved it. Came back. And then always in the back of my mind, I had this concept because all my clients, when I was an agent, they all have different people that they go to. They have their yoga teacher. They have their PT. They have their life coach. They have their business coach. They have all these people that they go to. And what if they just condensed all of that into one person? What if that one person could offer everything and hold them accountable? And it's just like this thing just kept ticking in my mind. And, and then I was like, oh, that, that'll, that'll ruminate. That'll, you know, that'll do its thing. And then it started to build. And then when people hear about what you're doing and they start wanting to train with you, I was like, I think I should make this into a business. I think this idea has traction. So how did you get, the first part the people wanting to train with you because you're not in that industry right now you're not in that space it's not like you've got loads of people around you who your contacts who are working in the health industry right because you're in private art collection did you adopt the same skills that you did before for the first change or did you look to do something different this time I did a bit of everything I essentially told everyone I knew that this is what I'm doing now and that my training is different that I'm not just one or the other that I combine things and I just let people know and I would put it on Instagram and I joined a couple of forums and just kept my eyes open and then the universe doth provide right it, it brings people to you and it's up to you to really jump on that opportunity and say hey I, I heard that you're struggling with this you know that's what I do now right absolutely um, yeah put, just putting yourself out there yeah kind of believing in yourself even when that imposter syndrome is is loud because the further mm -hmm. away from your comfort that you get the louder your imposter syndrome will be mm. every time at the start I'd be like I almost avoid saying to people that I train or I coach now and I'd be like oh yeah I sort of do that a little bit and then I was like well that's not going to get you anywhere if you can't say confidently yeah I can train you yeah nobody's going to confidently sign up with you so the minute I think it was the week I shifted my language and really accepted and owned what I do now clients started coming in yeah be committed because no one really wants to put their money or their time into someone who's half-hearted about it if you're not sure of yourself how can they be sure of you oh my god it's RuPaul all over again <laughs> is absolutely gospel we love RuPaul so much <laughs> I totally live by everything I learn on that show I know That's if like you can't love yourself how the hell can someone else love you 
exactly um, and it's so true and it applies in relationships it applies in business totally if you don't believe in in what you do no one else is going to believe in it so you've got it on social media you've started telling people how do you then build up enough work enough clients to take the plunge of leaving a full-time stable job that's providing you with an income every single month to the unknown because that's what starting a new business is it's completely unknown it's a massive risk especially going out on your own for the first time ever in a brand new industry how did you do that well I think there's there's a couple of things here I think that there's a lot of pressure on people to leave a full-time job one of the things that people kept saying to me and keep saying to me is you know when are you going to do that what's the plunge how do you make that happen and one of the things I say to you was like first of all see whether you can work with the company that you're working at see if you can do both if you're happy at there and you're happy doing that see if you can do both make both work why not and then I think for the people I have you know I have other clients and friends who are deeply unhappy at their job and really want to set up their business Mm. so the thing that I encourage them to do is build up that momentum you know really get it really get it moving hustle and believe and the more that you put in the more that will come out have this three-month planner where it has objectives on it and it's got five goals one that's kind of like business one that is um, more holistic one that's to do with my health and fitness and then I plan it so across the three months there's a little section for each week and it helps me to really stay on track yes there's always that dirty side of business right that's all about the money because Mm. we have to have money to survive I believe that money generates money anytime that I have invested my money I see it back almost immediately smart investments in terms of itself investment not like stocks and shares of course Um, what's what I find really useful and what I found useful with my clients is that shooting in the dark doesn't really work really map it out yeah clear goals set really clear goals to stick to realistic goals goals that you can really break down so it's not just like okay well by the end of week two I'm gonna have 24 clients maybe you might do but maybe really we should aim for in six months time you have five clients yeah that's one and a bit a month but for me the key to any startup is market research you've had your idea you think it's amazing your family and friends support you and think it's amazing You've got to get out there, Mm. do your market research. Otherwise, the dirty side of business, the money side, is not going to come through for you. If your idea is solid, your market research will come back solid. But without that, you really don't know what you're pitching. So for me, with Limitless You, I had this idea. And initially, I went to my circle. So not necessarily family, because they'll just be like, I love it. A slightly wider circle of people and pitch this idea not necessarily saying that I was doing it but started to ask them about their lives ask them these open questions that were like how do you feel on a great week how do you feel good that boosts your confidence if you come back and go anti of what you're trying to put out there listen to what they're saying and reshape what you're doing there's so much of my business idea that I've scrapped because people didn't and I thought it was amazing right so I was in these market research things being like oh there's such a good idea though how are they not seeing this and having to really bite my tongue and I interviewed about 20 to 30 people okay and I would say about five of those came back positively about the things that I've now scrapped but the rest were like not interested I guess it's hard because you almost hear what you want to hear sometimes as well right because you've got an idea in your head this is the business this is how it's going to go this is amazing why can't everyone see this that mindset of being flexible being able to adapt and providing people with the service that they want not the service that you think that they need 
is probably the number one starting point, right? Totally. There's always going to be people that aren't going to want your service. And that's absolutely fine. You don't necessarily need those people. You just need the group that do want to work with you and do see the benefits of what you're putting out there. But you have to be ready to move away from your baby. Mm. So how did you know who your target market was? How did you know who you wanted your niche to be? It's a good question. And it took me quite a while to hone down on. I have such a deep understanding of actors having worked with them for you know 10 years so I was like maybe the actors and I also have worked a lot of very busy and stressed out people and I've been one of those I've been a super stressed out businesswoman yeah and it's something that I felt I understood deeply amazing and I love that you have brought together all your experience really from day one to running your own business now you've brought it all together to make it work for you that's amazing you kind of have to I think people shy away I think especially in my experience what I've seen women do is shy away from how good they are (laughs) at certain things oh definitely yeah we're terrible for that because we're told to be good but not too good don't Mm. be too challenging don't be too Mm. ambitious and I do think that there is merit to saying to people I'm really good at what I do yeah I'm good at what I do is an affirmation that I often set my clients and you need to say it to yourself I say it to myself some days if I'm having a wobbly day I'll be like I'm good at what I do I'm good at what I do I'm good at what I do and I have to remind myself because there are days you wake up and you don't feel quite as solid as you did the day before of course that's human nature yeah definitely but I guess it's getting those little techniques and tactics in place for you just to get yourself through and wake up and make sure that you're building on the the day before Totally. And everything that I do as part of Limitless You is stuff that I've trialed on myself. It's all little habits that start with fitness, mobility, mindset that leak into everything else. So those little affirmations in the morning or having a morning routine that you do so that you start your day right by you, not right by, you know, that Navy SEAL that you're following online or... Oh God, yeah. Like we we all fall into that trap, me included. There are certain routines I'm like, I'm going to wake up at 4am and then I realise that my lifestyle, 4am is not a time that works for me. Do you remember remember those um, stylist columns where it used to be like... Like a day in the life of I don't know I think they still do them yes I do remember <laughs> I remember always reading them thinking goodness I'm never gonna be like top of my game because I, I don't get up at 5 30 and do yoga and then drink black coffee and then do my emails for two hours before nine o'clock <laughs> right it's unrealistic isn't it it's an unrealistic goal and then you failed at the first hurdle and then you think why did I even bother absolutely and then you'll get set back even further and this is what I say to you was like with these habits that you're putting in make sure you know your why because if it's not real you're not going to stick to it you're going to do two or three weeks and then you're going to wish you'd never started and allow the days where it's not going to go as well the first day of my period every month is an absolute disaster absolutely it's a great off yeah and I love it like I'm not sitting there feeling guilty about what whatever I eat that day doesn't count yeah completely I don't I it's period rules right it goes in it disappears that's the law yeah pizza for lunch takeaway for dinner horrible loads of snacks in between (laughs) all day hot chocolate instead of water yeah definitely yeah and those those, you don't put any of those calories on do you no no 
Yeah. And the way that I go about business as well is like, okay, bad days are going to happen. Days where you're less productive are going to happen. That's mm-hmm. okay. Don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Limitless You looks into is in those busiest times, how can we take care of ourselves in a way that doesn't disrupt the business day? Mm. What are the small things we can do to make sure that we're protecting ourselves? What would you say is the one thing that you've learned through changing industry a couple of times, changing career and now launching a business on your own? What's the one thing that you learned from your previous jobs that you've brought forward into Limitless You? That's a hard question and I really like it. (laughs) There might not be one thing, it might be loads of different things. I think I've learned a lot, but I think one of the main things is stepping back don't rush. For me, I have all these ideas and it's just slow down. You know, there are mistakes that where you look back in hindsight, you're like, oh, oops. But there are mistakes that you can avoid if you just slow down. Mm. And I think that's been really key for me, and especially in creating them at this you, is just step by step. Don't rush it. Brilliant. I love that. So if people do want to come and train with you, how do we get in touch? I would recommend heading over to my website, which is www.limitlessyou.co.uk. There's lots of information on there and a program that you can download just to see what it looks like. But otherwise you can contact me on there and and hit me up with any questions about anything that you have. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, you've been so good. I feel like we could have chatted for another hour. You just I think so. so I think we could just chat all afternoon. I love talking with you. It's great. I know it's been great. At one point I actually forgot that we were recording a podcast and we just felt like a conversation which is <laughs> so so good. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on and thank you for having me. I think it's such a great idea. If you want to listen to more episodes of Failing to Succeed, check us out on Spotify or iTunes or go to failingtosucceed.co.uk.